Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. In the meantime, after a gap of 16 years, the writer John Boyne has opted to revisit one of the characters who changed his life, Gretel from The Boy in the Striped Pyjamas, which remains the most translated Irish novel of all time. John, good afternoon. Hi, how are you? Uh, I would imagine that at the time in 2006 when the book came out, you were probably under a bit of pressure the way publishers are to come up with a sequel almost immediately. Actually, nobody ever asked me about one. I think really? Yeah. Because of the ending of The Boy in the Striped Pyjamas, of probably of all my books, it was the least likely ever to have a sequel. Yeah. But yes, from a publishing point of view, the one that they would have liked one for. But uh, no, nobody ever asked me about it. It was just, it was something that was in my head, but I never really talked about it. And was it in your head from that year? Or yeah, did it, it was, kind of it was in, in later on? It was there from the time I finished the very first draft, in fact, of Striped Pyjamas. I, I knew I wanted to finish it there, but I also felt that Gretel... Bruno's older sister, was somebody I would like to return to later in life and see what she became, who she became, how she lived with the the guilt and the shame of her father's crimes. Mm. And did you, at that, were you toying with how old she'd be when you went back to visit her, so to speak? I, I always thought she would be very, very old and she's 91 in mm. the, the book itself, but it's set today in 2022, so it could still be a contemporary novel rather than a purely historical one. Mm. But what I did change a lot of, I always thought she would be a much angrier character. I thought she would be a very misanthropic character. But actually, she's quite calm and reserved and uh, introspective. She's really spent so many years hiding away from the world mm. that she doesn't really want to push herself out there too much. Yeah. Is she defensive? She can be at times. Yeah. She's she's cautious. You know, she's spent, what, 70 or 80 years, really, uh, protecting her identity, not revealing too much of herself. Um, being very kind of closed off from people, even from her own family, her own son. So she, yeah, she's very cautious of, about um, people revealing her, her true identity. Yeah, and not to give too much away, but it seems like there's an encounter with a little boy or a kind of a relationship that develops. That, yes, that she's that. living in this expensive part of London in Mayfair and in a very opulent flat. And the the family have just moved in downstairs and it's a father, mother and a nine-year-old boy, just like in Boy in the Striped Pyjamas. And she starts to realise that there is something unpleasant going on down there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the child is being traumatised, domestic abuse. And there is that part of her that thinks maybe now at the age of 91, uh, if I could save this boy, I will have atoned for some of the, the my actions in life. Yeah. the um, Would you say... I mean, apart from the kids' books that you've written, but that children seem to play often a, a, a central role in a lot of your work. They do, yeah, even in the adult books, because if you take something like The Heart's Invisible Furies, for example, you know, it starts when he's seven, then 14. We see a lot of his childhood. Um, in this new book, All the Broken Places, we, see, we still see Gretel after the war when she's still a child, 13, 14, 15, and then this little boy living downstairs. I, I tend, it seems to me that I tend to write about very old people and very young people. Hmm. And I don't seem to write very much about the middle part, yeah. which is strange because I am in the middle part. Um, <laughs> but, um, and I've been a kid, but I've never been old. And, yeah. um, I'll give it time. Give it time, indeed, <laughs> hopefully. Um, but I, I seem to be drawn to those two, the, the two extremes mm. of life. Why do you think that is? Um, I think maybe, I'm not sure. I think one thing I like about writing about very old people is you can write in quite a kind of refined, elegant way. You know, somebody who is wise and... Um, thinks before speaking, really, and is very cautious on the page. Whereas with the kids' ones, you know, I like the fun, the fluidity of that, the children saying 
random things mm. and misunderstandings. Um, and so it's just enjoyable for me as a writer. Yeah, though, like the idea of sins being visited upon children, uh, which then, you know, re- recur in various ways through their lives, that, that, that seems to be it. very central to your work. Yeah, it is. And uh, I think the guilt and shame of that. And if there's one word that goes through all of my books, it's complicity. Mm. Um, and I'm often looking at people who have not specifically committed crimes, but have known crimes were taking place and have looked away. I did that in my book about the church, A History of Loneliness, and I'm doing it in this new book as well. How does Gretel, um, h- how, how does she deal with the fact that she basically did know what was going on on the other side of that fence. She was 12. She wasn't as naive as her younger brother and uh, and did nothing to stop that, did nothing to help and did not go to the Allies afterwards and give any information about the camps. So that's a kind of, that's something that she feels complicit in. Mm-hmm. The, the it, it's, I suppose, is it too reductive and too simplistic to say that that's influenced, uh, that recurring theme your work is influenced to a degree by your own experience? Um, no, I think it's. I, I, it probably is by some of the things that happened to me when I was in school. I think, you know, I went to Terenure and people know there's been a lot of scandals mm. associated with Terenure College and unfortunately I had one of those experiences myself. I think a lot of it comes in subconsciously into the work. You don't really... Sometimes when you look back at your books and you can see recurring themes, it's not that you've started each book thinking, I have to throw this one in now and I have to throw yeah. this one in. It's It's just by the very nature of being a writer that they seem to show up time and again. Yeah, and do you re- do you realise those things at the time you're writing or maybe when you're doing subsequent drafts? Or can it's it usually during time? subsequent drafts and sometimes it's even when it's published and somebody points something out to you and you haven't really noticed it and you think, oh gosh, yeah, you know, like that's that connects to something I did in a different book. But I quite like that. I like the fact that it, so much of it is thought out but a lot of it is just subconscious and arrives on the page in some strange, mysterious way. Yeah. Does it help you? Is it therapeutic for you, do you think? Writing? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. and particularly writing, you know, where, where, where uh, perhaps difficulties you've had, you're kind of exercising yeah. them on, on the page. I think in the, you know, I've been publishing novels now for 22 years. And the first half of those 22 years, when I tended to write very just historical novels, um, the answer to your question would be no, because I was writing things that were very much outside of my life and experience. From the time I wrote A History of Loneliness, from then on, everything I've written has been very personal. Yeah. Um, and that has been, yes, it's been cathartic, it's been enjoyable, it's been interesting. Um, as I, I mentioned, the church novel, um, but Hearts Invisible Furies, of course, growing up gay in Ireland, um, the echo chamber after the various you know dramas yeah. <laughs> and so on. Um, and, and now with this, in some ways, um, All the Broken Places is quite personal because of the fact that Boy in the Striped Pyjamas was the book that changed my life. Yeah. So returning to it, returning to that family and those characters is 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 almost part of me. I think, yes, in those other books, there is an element of catharsis in writing about things that have happened to you and in trying to understand why or in trying to understand why you behaved as you did in certain incidents. Um, and um, I think that's been good for me. But writing always is cathartic. I, I, I find it hard not to be at least on, at work on something. Yeah. The echo chamber particularly, was that difficult for you to write? In Did you have to kind of maybe check yourself? Because I imagine 
when you thought of writing this book, there may have been a fair amount of anger within you, given <laughs> all the treatment you'd received. Um, it was, well, it was my first comic novel. And mm. actually, you know, I've written so many novels that are sad and quite tragic, that when you write something that is full of jokes, it, it, it opens up a different part of your brain, really. Mm. And that it was actually really good fun to write. I, and I thought with that, I have to go to the extreme. I have to make it as much of a farce as possible, because you couldn't make it sort of a per me, per me. Yeah. Um, but there's a different tone to each book. And you, I think a writer knows instinctively when you start a book, where you should go with it. Yeah. The, I saw in, in the interview in the Irish Times, now forgive me if I'm mistreating or misquoting you, yeah. but they kind of quoted you as saying that a lot of younger writers seem to be writing the same book. Yeah, well, I mean, to, to be honest, it's, the, it's a sort of a throwaway line in a 60-minute <laughs> interview that becomes the headline. Yeah. I think some are, not all. There are some yeah. fantastic young Irish writers out there. Rob Doyle, is one of the bravest writers I think I've come across. Sarah Baum is a brilliant, poetic writer. Um, Kevin Power is terrific. Um, there's, there's lots of excellent young writers. I just think sometimes the publishing industry encourages young writers to write to a formula that will be publishable. Yeah. And that those writers themselves might be better than that. And I, I guess I'd like to see maybe just a little bit more authentic voices and more... Um, like with, with Rob and Sarah, you know, they're... Only they could write those books. Mm. I, I, some of the other books you feel they're all writing the same one. But I, I don't mean to sound critical. Uh, my first book, my second book, you're finding your voice, you're finding your, your style of writing and um, that hopefully in time changes. Yeah. And I, I imagine this, such as it ever was really, within any industry, one thing works and then, you know, you encourage other, like they used to, there was a slew of books uh, that had the word girl in the title after, you know. Yeah, and, and those books, the black and white covers where yeah. there'd be a, a jacket highlight. <laughs> yeah. Or I remember, I remember back in the Striped Pajamas day because um, Mark Hatton spoke The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime mm. and Striped Pajamas came out, you know, within about two years of each other. And then there was this idea of the crossover novel, the books that are originally published for young people and that sort of spread out yeah. to adults. But again, those things happen by chance more than design. Um, but of course, publishers were then looking for those kind of books that would sell in those kind of quantities. Yeah. Will you go back to writing children's books, do you think? Um, I, I will in, in time. I actually have a, a I've, I've written a sort of a picture book, which I've never done before, which is going to be illustrated. One of those nice sort of 32 page for four-year-olds, um, which will be out in a couple of years. I, I will in time when I feel that, uh, when I have a good idea for one, firstly, mm. but also when I feel that the publishing industry um, is, is open to those kind of ideas again. I feel right now, um, it's 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 difficult to challenge young readers. I think young readers want to be challenged, mm. but I don't think we're we're publishing in that way at the moment. I think there's always the fear of what social media will say, of um, you know attacks on books, which means that a lot of young people's writers, I think, are writing for adults more than than children themselves. Yeah, and we have to like children have to learn that the world is not a perfect place. We have to write books for them where they are going to see that problems will arise in life. My six books for, for young readers, three of them are set during war, two are about sexuality, one about grief. So serious adult subjects. But children do go through these subjects earlier than they should. I mean, we see in the Ukraine war, for example, there's just as many children involved in that war as there is adults. So we have to write those kind of stories for young people to let them know what's going on in the world. Yeah, but, but the publishing industry, you think, is in a bit of a funk at the moment about... I, I think publishing is generally nervous of those kind of books now. I think there's, um, there's always this fear that a book will be challenged before publication um, on social media by 
by the the sort of the the wokesters and will will be looking <laughs> at um how, how do you how do you drag something down before mm. it's even had a chance to to survive i don't think that does a great service to to readers or to writers i think let re- let writers what write what they want let readers buy and read what they want and Maybe everybody else should just stay out of it. Yeah. You can use the word wokesters there, and it's kind of ironic in a way because you know, oftentimes when people use that in a disparaging way, they're, you know, kind of right-wing people. Yeah. And you're not really that person at all. No, no, no. I'm a tree-hugging, lefty, yeah. liberal, pinko commie. Yes. You know, um, I'm as left-wing as they come. But um, And I think you're right that it probably shouldn't be used in that disparaging way because the initial... Um, meaning of being woke was actually having a, a more socially equitable world. And that mm. is a that is a good thing, obviously. And also enhancing voices that had historically been disenfranchised. That is also a good thing. But I think sometimes it reaches a point of moral superiority by people where, um, look, if you followed me around all day, or I'm sure if I followed you around all day, we're going to say something stupid. Yeah. And something that, you know, we wish we hadn't said or we wouldn't want publicly said. That's just life. That's just part of being human. But now I feel that um, you jumped on that and demonised for the slightest error. And, you know, look, we're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Yeah. And yeah, woe betide if you contradict yourself. Yeah. You said something 20 years ago that might be different. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're saying, OK, I can't have that. As a writer, obviously, you have to be very careful. You have to choose your words very carefully. So... I'm interested to know how much thought did you put into your tattoo and, ah, and what yes. does it say? Well, I have two, actually. Ah. One on my right arm and one on my left arm. My right arm says wave after wave. My favourite singer of all time is Kate Bush. Mm-hmm. And I went to her concerts in um, the old Hammersmith, whatever it's called, the Apollo now, yeah. in London. And um, I got this after us from the back cover of Hands of Love. And this on my left arm says we are all terminal cases, which is the last line of a very famous novel. Any ideas? No. It, the full sentence then is, in the world according to Garp, we are all oh, terminal right, cases. yes. So John Irving has always been my favourite writer. So when people ask, I can say, favourite singer, favourite writer. Excellent choices. Uh, John Boyne's latest book is All the Broken Places. John, thank you very much. Thank you. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.